This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, fairly nice day again for today. Clouds on the increase. Fairly mild temperatures for this time of year, a high in the low to mid-40s. Some rain moving back into the area possibly tonight. The teenage driver in a deadly Thanksgiving morning crash in Vestal is being charged with felony counts of manslaughter and criminal possession of a forged instrument, as well as three counts of reckless endangerment, driving while ability impaired, refusing to submit to a pre-screened device, reckless driving, speeding, operating out of class, and two counts of failure to wear a seatbelt. The unnamed 17-year-old driver's pass 18-year-old Caden Abdullah was killed in the 1.15 a.m. crash on November 24th on Clayton Avenue. Vestal Police announced the arrest of the teenage driver late on Friday afternoon and provided no further information concerning the crash or investigation. People returning to work or shopping in downtown Binghamton early today may have been greeted with some remaining piles of trash and broken glass on roadways and sidewalks, evident of the SantaCon celebration on Saturday. Some witnesses said, quote, they trashed the place, referring to dozens of mainly college-age students who dressed in holiday garb while making rounds of Binghamton drinking establishments throughout the day and night. In spite of the mess, Binghamton police, who were seen watching the crowds, this morning said they were not aware of any arrests. There was no information about any medical calls related to the SantaCon activities. A Cortland County man is facing numerous felony counts following a raid on his home in the village of McGraw. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say 47-year-old Chester Burdick is charged with a total of five felony counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance and two misdemeanor counts of criminally using drug paraphernalia following the search of his West Main Street home on Thursday. Authorities say they found eight grams of cocaine, 46 bags of fentanyl, 68 sublingual strips, 19 bupithine pills and 40 amphetamine pills worth over $5,300 on the street, as well as drug packaging materials and cash believed to be proceeds from drug sales. The investigation is continuing and more charges are possible. The parents of a gunman who killed a Pennsylvania state trooper and permanently disabled another eight years ago in an ambush of a police barracks in Pike County have settled a lawsuit accusing them of partial responsibility. The shooting of the troopers prompted a manhunt for a suspect in the neighboring Wayne County and into eastern Susquehanna County with law enforcement on alert even to the southern tier of New York. Tiffany Dixon, the widow of Corporal Corporal Byron Dixon III and Trooper Alex Douglas, had alleged that Eugene and Deborah Freen knew their son Eric was mentally unstable and dangerous before the September 14 attack outside the Blooming Grove State Police Barracks. The Freens had vehemently denied responsibility. The Citizen's Voice of Wilkes-Barre reports that Douglas's attorney declined to reveal details of the confidential settlement, but says his client is Believed that it is over. New York State is looking for a new leader for the Department of Health. Dr. Mary Bassett announced Friday she was returning to Harvard University's TM School of Public Health. Dr. Bassett took over from former health commissioner Dr. Howard Zucker, who resigned over criticism for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, especially concerning nursing homes. 
A couple local school districts are preparing for votes on spending proposals. Residents in the Susquehanna Valley School District tomorrow will be considering a $29.8 million capital project that looks to address health, safety, instructional, and energy maintenance issues at the district facilities. According to the SV School District, the project will be financed through a combination of New York State Education building aid, existing debt service, and capital reserves, and result in no tax increase for the district. The Vestal School District is asking voters to approve a $45.4 million capital project plan that also looks to improve health and safety and instructional facilities. The Vestal Capital Project vote is on December 14th. Congratulations to Maine Endwell and Tioga for winning their state championships this weekend, both district football teams capping perfect seasons. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, increasing clouds today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Tonight, a 50% chance of rain and snow showers, little or no accumulation, a low in the mid-30s. Tuesday, cloudy, a 70% chance of rain, a high in the upper 40s. Wednesday, a 60% chance of rain, high in the low 50s. Thursday, mostly cloudy and a high in the mid-40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF and 92.1 FM. <laughs> Monday morning, Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Phone lines are now open, 607-772-1290. Just send an email, address it to Bob at WNBF.com. Hope you had a superb weekend. And it is the holiday season. In Binghamton and beyond, so happy holidays. And we know it's the holiday season because it kicked off here in Binghamton, not with a parade or any sort of festivities involving families and fireworks. It, of course, as always, started with Santa Con. So if you were at SantaCon over the weekend, call in. Let me know your thoughts. If you enjoyed the uh, nuanced celebration of SantaCon here in downtown Binghamton, our number is 607-772-1290. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Tom from Mendwell. All right, Tom. What's up? Nothing. Uh calling to try to get your opinion on what's going on with uh, Twitter and uh, the Democrats and the FBI covering up Hunter Biden's laptop. That was a conspiracy theory um, by the Democrats and the follower of the Democrats. Even you called it a conspiracy theory. So I wonder... Just wondering, like, what's your thought on that? 
you know, and the word conspiracy theory, you know, is that kind of used too much from uh, the Democrats and uh, Democrat followers? We'll see what the listeners say. Were you at SantaCon in Binghamton on Saturday? No, no, I don't go to that stuff. Have you ever been? It's been going on for years. It's now a Binghamton tradition. No, I'm not. I don't like to get out there with all that drinking and stuff like that. I like quietness, you know, keep to myself, work hard. That's pretty much my MO. Well, what about when you were younger, though? Say when you were in your teens or 20s, didn't you do stuff like that? I grew up on a big farm, so no. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, that's pro- trust me, it's probably just as well. I don't think you really missed out on anything good. Yeah, I uh, I don't like to be in big crowds and stuff. I don't, you know, I, I just kind of like to kind of keep to myself. And, you know, I am a people watcher, though. I do watch people watch things. You know, I like to just kind of keep to myself, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like I me. I, I, I think you and I are very similar in that respect. Yeah, I, I I just like peacefulness and, you know, I, I don't get into all that crazy stuff. That's just not my uh, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. It's not my shtick, but, you know, to each his own. Anyway, we'll see what the listeners have to say about um, Twitter and trying to suppress the New York Post story about Hunter Biden and, and the laptop, okay? Yeah, I just, <clears throat> my biggest thing is, like, I think all these things that were called conspiracy theories by the left was just a way to keep people from talking about it and thinking about it. And uh, I think that's the way that the Democrats and the FBI has been doing to suppress the truth and putting out false things on other people to hide their own corruption and I think this is interesting. I think it's going to be interesting. All right. Well, I imagine there will be some investigations starting next month. There should be. Well, there should be. And I I, uh, I, fully support the investigations. We'll see what they find out. Yeah. I mean, if they got a lot, all these ties to China, look how China's treating their people. And we're, we're okay with it. Look how Iran, you know, they, they're killing all they've already sentenced one person to death and there's thousands more to go through the court because they they did something during the soccer game. It's, it's weird. And and this, this administration's like kind of supporting it. They're yeah. okay with it, it, and I think it's wrong. No, I, I think the U.S. needs to take a, a tough stand against China's uh, behavior, especially when it comes to human rights. Appreciate your call. It's 9.15 on WNBF. Dave and Vestal, good morning. Good morning there, Bob. Hey, I really didn't have much to say. I just wanted to call in and prove that Tom and Dave are not the same. <laughs> I got a member. Remember, we, uh, Ron thought thought we were the same. No, it's well. Then how come you're on the how come you're on the same line as Tom? How's is it? On? <laughs> so you handed the phone over over. Or Tom handed the phone over to you, and then you're going to hand the phone back over to Tom. I mean, that's that's a weird 
It's a weird thing. Can't. See, I've never, I've never seen you and Tom in the same room together. That's why I'm concerned. Kathy's my witness because I was conversing with her while you had Tom on the air. So can't be, huh? It's impossible. She's my witness. Okay, I trust her. Mm-hmm. All right, yep, if, she's my witness. All right. Thank you, and um, I'm glad we finally hey, resolved that. Hey, Bob, real quick, long as that guy on the air, I was just thinking of something about music. You know, I uh, I, I was watching uh, uh, SKG there, and uh, where you can call in donations, and man, you, you really forget how magical Karen Carpenter's voice was, Bob. I mean, I just sat there in amazement. She Just unbelievable. 32 years old and gone. What, what a sad, sad thing to you know, I just sat there. I couldn't. I couldn't believe. I mean, they they showed all of her stuff. I mean, and her brother was a genius. I mean, he. I think he gets overlooked. Well, I was going to mention that, was, that, was, that uh, so much of Karen Carpenter's success was due to Richard. And I would yeah. love. I don't know how his health is, but I, I would love to speak with him. Ironically, there's a program I listen to on Sunday afternoons uh, online. And yesterday afternoon, they they actually played a, a clip of Richard Carpenter talking about the process they used because he used this. Um, he developed a process uh, in editing, and it, it's complicated. And I I kind of understand it, but I don't understand it enough to to explain to people how it worked. But it was thanks to his. Um, production techniques that, that gave Karen Carpenter and, of course, the Carpenters as they performed together, it gave them that special sound. And, and I would say Richard's creativity and his talent uh, were at least as, as big a factor as, uh, as Karen's beautiful singing ability. Together, they were, they were unstoppable. Maybe you were talking about, because I saw a part during this special where he, he was talking about using overdubbing, which was That's fairly it. new, was invented by, I think, Les Paul. And, and that That's it. Well, there was, yeah. there was yeah. a program online. This is not uh, public TV. It was, um, it was an online radio site, and they were talking. Actually, they were highlighting the um, the techniques that were pioneered by Les Paul, with um, back in the day, I mean, doing doing audio dubbing and with certain equipment, especially by Ampex, they had a feature called Cell Sync. And I remember when I first started in radio, there were uh, some Ampex reel-to-reel machines that had a Cell Sync button, and I didn't even know the background of it till less than 24 hours ago, and I didn't know Les Paul was really one of the geniuses who uh, helped Ampex develop that technique and also paved the way for Richard Carpenter to uh, do some of his dubbing because with the voices that you heard on Karen Carpenter's hits or the hits that were uh, dubbed by the Carpenters, those were one or two voices, but it was all through the magic and and the technical talent of, of Richard Carpenter that made it sound so big and so impressive. 
That's yeah, you're right. You know, hey, what, just before I go, the song "Goodbye to Love" that that they did. You know, you know how Richard came up with that. I guess there was an old movie. I think back in the '40s where Bing Crosby was playing himself. He was playing, uh, I think, a writer, a music writer, and he kept saying over and over, uh, "Goodbye to love, goodbye to love." And Richard heard that watching the movie, and he says, "Boy, that's a great." title for a song and like within five minutes he had something going on the piano that's how good that guy was <laughs> yeah actually i just punched mm -hmm. that up now um and i didn't realize that oh another thing it says about goodbye to love um some guy whose name i don't immediately recognize said this was one of the first power ballads if not the first to have a fuzz guitar solo Gu goodbye yeah. to love was the first carpenter's hit written by richard carpenter and john battis so see i that's why i keep coming back to the program because i learn stuff every day honestly from uh, and, <laughs> no, and I know. yeah you would you would not think on a Monday morning at 9.20, that I would learn something new about Goodbye to Love, which was released 50 years ago. It was released in yeah. June 1972. And I have to admit, although I'm not a big aficionado of what they call the, the soft rock genre, that is wonderful. That is, that yeah. is a real, real pleasant and well-produced, well-written and well-performed piece of music. Oh, yeah. Great, Bob. Really good. Thank you, Tom. Or, I was going to call you Tom. Thank you, Dave. See, I mean, now you got me doing it. I'm sorry, you know. I'm only human. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm now fully automated. They, they finally, they found a way. They found a way using uh, decades of Bob Joseph's voice. So now, now Bob is no longer necessary. This is all part of a well-programmed computer, and it works almost as good as as the the last regular live program we had Friday. The computer, using an incredible amount of artificial intelligence developed at IBM's labs in Westchester County, makes it sound almost as good as the real Bob. Have a good one, Matt. Thank you, sir. It's nine twenty-two, WNBF. Jim and Endwell. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to say, for a, such a small area, we have some great sports here, and I want to give a big shout-out and congratulations uh, to Maine Endwell for being the champions, Tioga for being the champions, and also for Union Endicott for being the runner-up in the state. Hey, thank you for uh, acknowledging those teams and all the hard work that they did, the, the players and the coaches and even the support they received from their parents and from their families and, and from their schools because it takes, as they say, it might take a village to, um, to, help, to help develop a, a winning football team. Yesterday in Endwell, they had a welcome back for the team and they had the police and the fire trucks and the sirens and people lined up um, Hooper Road from like Country Club all the way up to the high school. So Yeah, I received a couple of notes about that. I, I, I heard it was quite a quite a thing to see. I I didn't see it myself, but I received some from notes from listeners about uh, about the celebration. So I'm happy. I'm ha happy for all the teams and, and congratulations to Maine Endwell and Tioga and also uh, congratulations for the hard work that uh, Union Endicott did this season as well. Yep. And before I go, I just want to say to your Slavic listeners, Happy Mikulash Day.
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. It's 923 WNBF. Bill in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I'm very glad to see that at the beginning of your show, Kathy brought up the atrocities that happened over the weekend downtown Binghamton. Uh, I was there. I, I seen it from my own eyes, and I could not believe the littering and the trash that was there from the roundabout down through State Street. Uh, and this was yesterday, 24 hours after the whatever they want to call it, lexicon party, or and uh, still, according to Kathy, when she came to work this morning, and probably you too, it was still there. There's uh, broken glass still, still on sidewalks, and broken glass still um, here near um, one of downtown Binghamton's biggest intersections. I will say, I give credit to the public works crews, because they cleaned up a lot of it, but there was so much of it, it's going to take more passes with their um, whatever. They Hopefully they have special glass picker-up equipment, because it was... I, I was here. I had, the, uh, I had the pleasure and the honor and the privilege of seeing uh, SantaCon at its best at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I was... Uh, I, I observed to um, a couple of people, I said, it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing if this night ends without someone being seriously hurt or killed. But the police haven't reported anybody being killed, so that's the best I know. I can't, I can't tell you nobody was killed because obviously the police don't report much around here. But so far, we have no reports of anybody being seriously hurt or killed and nobody being arrested directly because of SantaCon. But I will say, I will say, as an observer, what I saw during my time Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening in downtown Binghamton, some people should have been arrested. And it just goes to show you that SUNY Binghamton is almost a hands-off entity uh, because of allegedly the amount of money they bring into the community. And they were policemen that were there that was watching this happen. And I talked to a, a lady at Boscoff's, and she said she was so upset. She saw two young men urinating in the corridor behind the parking garage. And policemen were two blocks away, and they were just sitting there talking. So I guess it's okay to litter in the city of Binghamton. I guess it's okay to throw your waste out the car window and uh, – you're not going to be fined because if there wasn't a fine yesterday or Saturday, I'm sorry, there will be never a fine downtown for anything. It was disgusting. It really, it lasted for the better part of at least four to five hours. Uh, well, and people said even as far down as, as St. Mary's church, it smelled like a urinal. People going to oh. mass on Sunday had to deal with what oh. smelled like an open air bathroom. It, it was it was terrible. And again, uh, where was the police? Now, you and I have been to many quote parades in the city of Binghamton. And after a parade, there's a lot of stuff left over. Well, within an hour or two after the parade, DPW is out picking things up. Now, you tell me the city of Binghamton did not know this occurrence was happening on Saturday. It happens every year, pretty much the same weekend. And they did not know this was going to happen. 
and didn't have extra barrels out there or extra DPW people on staff. Uh, it, it was they dropped the ball, and I think you reported not too long ago on your show where Mayor Cram was really doing a crackdown on the west side of SUNY students and the damage they were causing to Murray Street, Oak Street area. Well, this was a prime example of damage that students were causing in downtown Binghamton. Well, uh, just so you know, I, I have put calls into Mayor Cram's office and to uh, the office of Police Chief Joseph Sikoski, and we will put them on the air as soon as they call in because I have a few questions about what transpired on Saturday during SantaCon. So as soon as the mayor and the police chief call in, or if they want, they're invited. We're on the air until noon today, so uh, both the mayor and the police chief are invited to actually walk one block from City Hall. Be careful, because there still may be broken glass between City Hall and our WNBF studios. Uh, They can walk here, and and then they can come on the air uh, whenever they're available, and I'll ask a few questions and also open up the phone line. So Mayor Cram and uh, Police Chief Joseph Zakowski can explain how they handled SantaCon this year and what changes will be made if the event is allowed to happen in the future. No, your question should be, how come they did not handle Oh, that'll be no. That'll be one of my questions. I mean, I I have a lot of questions because I, I am rarely frightened when I'm in downtown Binghamton. Rarely, and I was frightened by what I saw on on Saturday. But and you I, know, I think a call to Harvey Stanger too would not be out of the question. That would be good too. I was, you know, what when I was in downtown Binghamton Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. I was specifically, I was specifically looking for Harvey Stanger, Joseph Zakowski, and Jared Cram, and I saw none of them and none of their relatives. My guess is that none of them were in downtown Binghamton on on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. I think they would have been afraid to be there. Well, and if this was a uh, something that was proliferated through either a sorority or a fraternity then the cost that the city incurs for the cleanup should be passed on to those. Uh, because when you have a permit for a parade, which obviously they, I don't even know if they had a permit for open alcohol, uh, it, it was brutal. There was more kids vomiting outside and urinating outside than we would have on the New Year's Eve. It was disgusting. It, and not a single policeman nor city official in sight. Thanks, Bob, for listening, and I'm glad that, and, and hopefully, the Binghamton paper, <clears throat> I'm mean, sorry, uh, the Gadette newspaper will have a follow-up article about it. Well, I should think out. that they would do a special report for next Sunday's edition. That'll give them time to interview people. I think they should interview uh, the mayor, the police chief, the president of Binghamton University, uh, the people who lead the fraternities and sororities at the uh, university, uh, those who operate the establishments in downtown and over on the west side uh, that probably made a lot of money on Saturday, and also interview uh, liquor store operators and people who sell the beer because an incredible, incredible amount of liquor and beer and oh by the way the people who are selling weed because this year more weed there was more weed i believe used out in downtown binghamton along with 
uh, illegal drinking in public than I've ever seen before. It was, uh, in my opinion, and I've seen a lot of things in downtown Binghamton, this, this set a new record for alcohol and weed consumption in a 24-hour period. There's no way I can prove it, just uh, an observation. And it's something we Binghamtonians should not be proud of. Appreciate your call. You're good, Bob. Take care. 9.32 at WNBF. Sharon and Vestal, good morning. Good morning. My topic will be the emergency rooms in the area are in desperate situations. So many people I've heard having really tough experiences recently in the overcrowding and lack of staff. And, oh, my goodness, I think that some of our officials or someone needs to pay more attention to this situation. It's just terrible. What do they need, more staffing? Oh, definitely. Um, For instance, one person's experience was 83 people in a local emergency room patients. And I I don't understand completely, but I am, I've heard that there's such a thing as traveling nurses that the hospitals are hiring on temporary basis. And so it, it just, they lack the cohesiveness of, of a steady environment and they don't work well together. And it's just a mess. All right. I'll see what other listeners uh, have to say about it. You're not the first one who has uh, mentioned some of the issues, at least to me, off-air. So we'll see what the uh, uh, listeners have to say, what their experiences have been recently. And also, uh, if people are in the medical profession, if they can shed more light on what's going on and steps that can be taken to address the problems. Yes, because unless you're having the experience, you don't really think about it. But when you're in the situation, it's, it's reaching desperate measures. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. It's 9.33. Coming up next, we'll talk about Imperium, New York, a special town hall meeting that's planned in Endicott. We'll speak with Shaley Shapretti from Imperium in Endicott. It's next on this Monday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Hey. WNBF, WNBF.com. Bob Joseph live on a Monday morning. We're joined by Shaley Shapretti, founder and CEO of Imperium 3 New York. Good morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Yes, I'm, I'm the chairman for IM3NY and the founder, yes. Uh, we have a different CEO, Chaitanya uh, Sharma now. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for the clarification. So I am 3NY. Who came up with that, by the way? I, I, I know we've talked on the air several times about, about um, this initiative and all the work you've done over the last several years. I never asked you who came up with I am 3NY. 
Yeah, the name, I mean, we, we started as Imperium 3 um, and, you know, with the goal that we will be having multiple factories and uh, eventually, you know, nationwide, nationwide presence, we thought uh, we will have uh, NY attached to it for one reason. Second, we have roots in New York, so uh, reflection of that in our corporate name is, is uh, one of the other thinking. So, um yeah, and, and three is also um, the atomic number for lithium, and we work around lithium and batteries. So it kind of well, uh, uh, came together with, with that brand name back in 2018-17 time frame. Do some people find it confusing? Because right from the beginning, I remember with the big announcement, I think, that was uh, made by Governor Andrew Cuomo, I I think because there was a consortium and Binghamton University is involved and you're involved, and in the end, there are a lot of entities, individuals and other entities, and not just in the United States, but even outside the U.S., including Australia, seems like it's uh, a very complex venture. Um, no, I mean, uh, in terms of individuals, I don't think we have any individual shareholders. It's a, yes, it's a consortium, of, you know, group of companies uh, came together with their strength. Uh, it's very, very difficult business to be in. Uh, highly capex intense, a lot of investment needed to build the infrastructure. Um, so we found, uh, you know, working together, all the right teams involved as a group uh, would be one of the most efficient way to to build this industry in the US so majority of the companies that came together to form form this consortium or the group uh, bring different expertise and i think combining our strength we are able to make such high speed uh, progress as well so it may sound complicated but uh, it's actually not that complicated in when you know we came together and built a team and we have a dedicated management team that is uh, now working hard to to you know make it happen so um yeah it's, uh, i think it's exciting exciting project that everyone can bring their expertise together and also you know move forward well tell me about because I see that now magnus technology magnus energy technologies says that uh, i am three new york is they're the majority shareholder. They they say they have sixty percent of the uh, operation here in Endicott. Is that accurate? Yeah. So they definitely you know made all the equity investment from from day one, and they do own a good percentage of the company uh, financial interest. Um, yes, it's Australia based and uh, uh, with direct indirect holding because they do own. Um, shareholding in C4V, which is another shareholder in IM3NY, and the technology provider, the, the local group and local company that I started um, in 2011-12 timeframe. So, yes, they do. They made several investments, so they do own majority in the company right now. How important are those investments along with uh, the plans um support from both New York State and the federal government? 
because it, again it seems with the australian investments plus the announced support from new york state and certainly uh, more significantly i think the the federal dollars that have been announced over the last couple of months it seems like all all these things are very critical ultimately to the success of what is happening now in endicott yeah absolutely i mean we have uh, obviously while we have uh, received uh, several commitments from the state and federal government uh, we haven't uh, received any any cash in the bank yet uh, in terms of the you know specifically this project uh, we are probably going to apply for some of those uh, uh, you know committed capitals uh, to uh, soon get into the bank uh, but so far we have not taken any any federal or, or uh, state money um, and some of the other announcements they are related to uh, our project um, uh, indirectly uh, you know for example the build build back better program and all which we are going to be uh, one of the uh, significant beneficiary but that's uh, that's a Binghamton University project and, and the capital is is going to be spent in establishing a new uh, uh, large-scale pilot line and, and a lab that will uh, eventually help companies like us. Uh, but in our project, most of the capital is, is privately raised. Uh, I would say almost all the capital that has gone into projects so till date is all privately raised uh, through equity and, and debt investment. Speaking with Shaley Shapretti about the uh, big initiative at the uh, facility in Endicott. Now, how are things going in terms of, of getting things moving forward? We saw that uh, things were, um, I think you had a, a major a major uh, benchmark uh, acknowledged a little over a month ago with reaching the level of what's called full full-scale production. Where do things stand? Yeah, yeah. So we have, uh, I would say, 99% equipments on floor. Uh, you know, majority of them are running. Uh, we had delay in one specific equipment, but that's uh, that operation we are able to do uh, in a semi-automated uh, manner right now. And as a result, we are producing cells here in Andicott, battery cells, um, and have also submitted some of them for. Uh, third-party certifications, uh, as well as uh, to customers for their evaluation. So uh, this is a very exciting time for us, uh, having a U.S.-made cell um, with majority of the local content is a big milestone. Uh, we are super excited uh, that uh, all the work we have done on the technology front and supply chain qualification, which takes many years, um, is finally coming together and uh, third-party uh, tests and, and evaluations are going to be uh, one of the biggest motivation for team to now scale it up. And uh, hopefully, you know, next 12 months, uh, we will be in a very intense uh, ramp mode to get to the maximum plant capacity. So it's, gonna, it's going to be a, a, an exciting journey, and I think uh, we are fully ready for that, uh, from human resource to investment to um, all uh, necessary, uh, you know, ingredients we need uh, to make it happen. Have any finished products actually been delivered to customers? Yes, yes, we have delivered the customer. The first set of cells uh, were delivered to a customer that right now uh, is one of the largest uh, outside Tesla, uh, you know, in home storage. So 
when people install uh, solar rooftop and they need batteries uh, to store that energy to be utilized during you know night time. Uh, this company is one of the largest outside outside Tesla, um, and we have been working with them for four last uh, few years. Um, and uh, sample cells have been delivered uh, to them, uh, I think, recently. Um, and there are a couple of other in, in defense and other segments we have started delivering. Is there any plan in the works now to uh, attempt to grow the operation more quickly or more aggressively than previously has has been announced. I, I saw in Australia one of the companies that's been involved uh, indeed was looking for uh, possibly additional financing from HSBC last week that could potentially um, enhance the, the production capabilities at the Endicott site. Is is that something that may happen? Yeah, so definitely we have a very uh, intense uh, parallel activity going on in Endicott right now uh, towards the scale-up. Uh, we, uh, while had certain delays uh, in our first line, um, and those were, you know, with uh, some related to COVID and all, but without going into the past, I think we definitely uh, right now leading this uh, whole lithium-ion battery a manufacturing initiative uh, in the country. Uh, we are the most advanced new age companies and the only domestic company that has gone from R&D to manufacturing. Uh, so with that uh, huge uh, milestone that we achieved, I think we want to continue that momentum. Uh, we definitely have parallel activities going on right now without uh, disclosing too much. Uh, I, I think our goal is to uh, do a very heavy capital raise. Uh, it, it it could be uh, in in the close proximity of uh, 1.4 billion dollars. Uh, that will get us to our next goal um, of 38 gigawatt hour manufacturing. Uh, that's all happening here locally uh, in the U.S., uh, not overseas. So um, I don't know about the news you are referring to, but there are you know, obviously many different news, in, in, and sometimes it could be misleading. Um, but but we do have a very strong um, banking team. Uh, again, we we are not uh, disclosing that at this point who they are, but they are among the top you know bankers in the country and have done similar uh, kind of raises. Uh, and we have been working with them for last uh, nine plus months. So um, we feel that we have the right technology, we have the right team. Uh, and timing could not be better than this right now, as you can probably sense from solar wind to electric uh, uh, transport market. It, it's booming, and uh, we feel we need to take this lead and go more aggressive. So definitely, you know, there's a plan in place, and we definitely want to do this in, in Endicott in next phase. They're closer to home. There was a big event in Manhattan on Saturday night uh, involving the uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Defense from Australia, and they were hailing this um, this project and, and what it means for potential um, more independence from uh, Western countries from uh, China, from relying on China for production of lithium-ion batteries. Were you part of that event in New York City? 
Yes, yes. Uh, we were part of this, and we definitely have a strong interest to uh, to kind of uh, duplicate uh, this initiative in Australia because, uh, as you can sense, there's a lot of uh, metals and ingredients and, and you know, uh, lithium particularly that goes into uh, these batteries, and Australia is, is number one country today that can meet the global need for the lithium supply. Uh, and they have, uh, so we, it's very strategic for us to uh, ha- have strong ties with Australia. Um, we are working closely with uh, some prominent groups there. Uh, so the Deputy Prime Minister uh, himself uh, is blessing this initiative to, you know, welcome um, uh, the business model we have put together and, and all the risks we have eliminated, you know, that you will find in a new technology. So just to give you more wider perspective, we have interest from 21 countries today uh, that they want us to build uh, similar facilities in those countries. So while we cannot do 21, but I think we will be very selective in which countries we go to uh, because we are the only gigafactory scale uh, production today um, outside China that has very limited uh, to no reliance on, on those components as well. So, so we are seeing huge uh, interest from uh, overseas to uh, either buy these batteries or build similar facilities in those countries. Uh, definitely, yes, I was part of the event and, and also, uh, you know, this was very exciting time uh, that uh, some of the top leadership could uh, show and, you know, make their commitment to support this. Now, I've noticed Rupert Murdoch's publications, the New York Post and the Australian, have been providing some coverage of what's going on here in Endicott. Is Rupert Murdoch personally supportive of, of this venture that's going on here in New York State? Um, uh, no, I, I uh, not heard the name of the individual. Uh, personally, we are not involved with, uh, with, but, you know, we have many, many supporters, so... Uh, uh, must be supporting outside, but uh, uh, I don't think uh, there is any vested interest in, in the group or company as of today. Although I'm sure you don't mind the publicity from his newspaper, I mean, say the New York Post or the Australian. I, I haven't seen anything yet in the Wall Street Journal, but I'll keep an eye out. That certainly would be uh, important, I think, to to help spread the word about Imperium. Yeah, yeah, definitely we appreciate that, and I think the coverage uh, yes given definitely that's uh, that's uh, uh, appreciated for sure. Yes. Another thing that was in the news a couple weeks ago, there was actually a, a fire that broke out at the plant in Endicott. What happened on, on November twenty first? Yeah, it, it wasn't a fire actually. There was a smoke in one of the uh, heating system uh, where sensor failed and the temperature, you know, uh, went a little up, uh, which led to the insulation uh, to overheat, and as a result, there was a smoke. Um, but there were no flames or there was no chemical or there, it wasn't a fire into the machinery. Uh, ancillary service, you know, the exhaust system had that, and we uh, we took, uh, you know, all the precautionary measures because the safety of our people and the team is very, very important. So uh, we shut down the operation uh, just to make sure there is no, uh, you know, damage to to any of the infrastructure and the people. So, um, and it was uh, rectified uh, in a swift mode, and uh, and uh, you know, starting uh, immediately in the following Monday, we we started the operation. So, 
So, so it didn't have a big, a, a brief disruption in production. Yes, yes, a brief, uh, brief disruption, and and you know it, it's a, uh, it, it was under control. One other thing that's important for the people in the community: there's going to be uh, a town hall meeting tomorrow afternoon from four to six, and, and people in Endicott and the town of Union and elsewhere around here will be able to have uh, more information. Perhaps if they have thoughts or questions about the project, they'll be able to get uh, more details. Yeah, so tomorrow, uh, December 6th, you know, from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, in Phoenix campus, uh, Building 40 Auditorium, uh, that's near Heritage Circle in Endicott, New York. Um, we are organizing this town hall. This is, uh, you know, part of our regular interaction with the community. Uh, we feel, you know, we are part of the community, and we have been always, and we feel it's our responsibility to periodically update everyone about what's going on. and, and uh, uh, have them involved uh, as we make the prog- progress, and we also want to hear their concerns and any questions we could answer. Uh, along the way, we have obviously came across many supporting groups and many team members that we have uh, wor- been work. We have right now full time working with us. Uh, also, you know, I think came in touch uh, through these regular meetings. So we find it very, very. Um, healthy discussions, but also very beneficial uh, to us uh, that we are able to attract uh, some of the local team members to eventually work with us. And some of them actually will be leading the conference tomorrow and uh, would like to extend the invitation to everyone in the community to join and be part of this initiative. Uh, I think it's going to be a a star project uh, uh, nationwide and uh, our goal is to not only produce and, you know, manufacture here in Endicott, but uh, eventually ship uh, them uh, globally uh, and and take pride in in this journey. So we, we definitely want, uh, you know, community be be involved and be part of it. So hopefully, hopefully uh, you know, this will be a good, a good uh, you know, audience that uh, we, we will uh, be able to address to uh, like we have been in the past. Shaley Shapretti, thank you for the update. A lot going on in Endicott. We will keep in touch with you to keep people posted in the coming months. Yeah, thanks, Bob, and I always appreciate uh, you uh, providing us the platform to to spread words and uh, you know support uh, our, our project. So uh, thanks for having me this morning. You're welcome. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. You as well. It's 9.55. This is News Radio, WNBF. Looking for some... You're listening to News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Streaming live at WNBF.com and, of course, always available on the WNBF app. It's free. Make sure that you have it on your appropriate device and you can... Stay in touch with your favorite radio station almost anywhere you are. Again, we're here for you. Bob Joseph live on a Monday morning at News Radio, WNBF, Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Investments involve a high degree of risk. Actual results may vary. Oil keeps going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. 
That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're a serious and qualified SEC-accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. The U.S. government needs your investment in oil and is allowing you to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel. Call 800-278-7455. Encore Energy is a very active oil and gas operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Get this big tax deduction for 2022. Hurry before it's too late. Call 800-278-7455. That's 800-278-7455. Prices at the pump will probably keep falling. That prediction from Gas Buddy's Patrick DeHaan. The national average could be on course to fall under $3 a gallon by Christmas. That would represent a possible downside of 36 cents a gallon from where prices are today. It follows the decision by OPEC Plus to keep production targets where they are and a Western cap on the price of Russian oil. The U.S. Inflation Reduction Act is raising red flags in Europe. EU officials say the legislation's tax credits and incentives against European and Asian car makers are discriminatory and could start a trade war. CBS is testing a remote system to help fill prescriptions. The nation's largest pharmacy chain hopes to lighten workloads and boost customer satisfaction. The technology lets pharmacists enter prescription information from home or another store, but it won't change how people pick up their medications. Justin Finch, ABC News. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, fairly nice day again for today. Clouds on the increase. Fairly mild temperatures for this time of year, a high in the low to mid 40s. Some rain moving back into the area possibly tonight. The teenage driver in a deadly Thanksgiving morning crash in Vestal is being charged with felony counts of manslaughter and criminal possession of a forged instrument, as well as three counts of reckless endangerment, driving while ability impaired, refusing to submit to a pre-screened device, reckless driving, speeding, operating out of class, and two counts of failure to wear a seatbelt. The unnamed 17-year-old driver passenger, 18-year-old Caden Abdullah, was killed in the 1.15 a.m. crash on November 24th on Clayton Avenue. Vestal Police announced the arrest of the teenage driver late on Friday afternoon and provided no further information concerning the crash or investigation. People returning to work or shopping in downtown Binghamton early today may have been greeted with some remaining piles of trash and broken glass on roadways and sidewalks, evident of the SantaCon celebration on Saturday. Some witnesses said, quote, they trashed the place, referring to dozens of mainly college-age students who dressed in holiday garb while making rounds of Binghamton drinking establishments throughout the day and night. In spite of the mess, Binghamton police, who were seen watching the crowds, this morning said they were not aware of any arrests. There was no information about any medical calls related to the SantaCon activities. A Cortland County man is facing numerous felony counts following a raid on his home in the village of McGraw. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say 47-year-old Chester Burdick is charged with a total of five felony counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance and two misdemeanor counts of criminally using drug paraphernalia following the search of his West Main Street home on Thursday. Authorities say they found eight grams of cocaine, 46 bags of fentanyl, 68 sublingual strips, 
19 bupithine pills and 40 amphetamine pills worth over $5,300 on the street, as well as drug packaging materials and cash believed to be proceeds from drug sales. The investigation is continuing and more charges are possible. The parents of a gunman who killed a Pennsylvania state trooper and permanently disabled another eight years ago in an ambush of a police barracks in Pike County have settled a lawsuit accusing them of partial responsibility. The shooting of the troopers prompted a manhunt for a suspect in the neighboring Wayne County and into eastern Susquehanna County with law enforcement on alert even to the southern tier of New York. Tiffany Dixon, the widow of Corporal, Corporal Byron Dixon the third, and Trooper Alex Douglas had alleged that Eugene and Deborah Freen knew their son Eric was mentally unstable and dangerous before the September 14 attack outside the Blooming Grove State Police Barracks. The Freens had vehemently denied responsibility. The Citizen's Voice of Wilkesbury reports that Douglas's attorney declined to reveal details of the confidential settlement, but says his client is relieved that it is over. New York State is looking for a new leader for the Department of Health. Dr. Mary Bassett announced Friday she was returning to Harvard University's TM School of Public Health. Dr. Bassett took over from former Health Commissioner Dr. Howard Zucker, who resigned over criticism for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, especially concerning nursing homes. A couple local school districts are preparing for votes on spending proposals. Residents in the Susquehanna Valley School District tomorrow will be considering a $29.8 million capital project that looks to address health, safety, instructional, and energy maintenance issues at the district facilities. According to the SV School District, the project will be financed through a combination of New York State Education Building Aid, existing debt service, and capital reserves, and result in no tax increase for the district. The Vestal School District is asking voters to approve approve a $45.4 million capital project plan that also looks to improve health and safety and instructional facilities. The Vestal Capital Project vote is on December 14th. Congratulations to Maine Endwell and Tioga for winning their state championships this weekend, both district football teams capping perfect seasons. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, increasing clouds today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Tonight, a 50% chance of rain and snow showers, little or no accumulation, a low in the mid-30s. Tuesday, cloudy, a 70% chance of rain, a high in the upper 40s. Wednesday, a 60% chance of rain, high in the low 50s. Thursday, mostly cloudy and a high in the mid-40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Joseph live on a Monday morning at News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to talk on our program. This bulletin just in. SantaCon is over. Again, SantaCon is over in downtown Binghamton. We have it confirmed. Back the phone as we go. We start the hour off with Dale and Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Street. 
Sorry, I missed your first. Uh, I missed the first sentence. What did What did you say? Um, Snagler Street in Binghamton. Deal. All right. So, what's on your mind? Oh, all those people walking across the street and everything across the uh, wrong light and everything, you know, kids or whatever. But the police were out there, you know, looking, you know, and that's just... uh, Well, what did the police do? Anything? What did the police do? They uh, watched those people run across the street. But they didn't, um, I don't know, it's uh, something else. But well, the were there, is, uh, where, from where you were looking, were there a lot of people yeah. who were uh, of people, out of control? A lot of people, kids and stuff, you know. As far as I'm concerned, they're a bunch of kids. Do you think some had been drinking? Do you think some were underage and had been drinking? I think so. You know, and I don't know how to control that. You know, I just. uh, Well, maybe if they're under 21, they should stay home and not be at the SantaCon. But they can't do that. You know that. (laughs) Well, no, you can't do it. You can't force them to stay home. I'm just saying for their own safety, because when you get crowds like that. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm, did you say the scene was crazy? The people running across the street on a green light, you know, kids and stuff. It's, I saw people smashing crazy. bottles. Where I was, I saw people smashing bottles and cars running over broken glass and, and liquor bottles on oh, the streets. Yeah, yeah. and uh, how, how do you control that? You know, and the police were out there. You know, there are black and white cars going by all the time. Did they did they get out of did the police officers actually get out of their cars? They slowed down and the people slowed down from crossing the street from uh, a green light. They put it that way. (laughs) But you you saw the police just drive by. They didn't get out of their cars and tell people to shape up. Thousands of people, a lot of people. You know. And uh, it's, I don't know how to control that. It's uh, a problem. Well, do you think it was dangerous? I think it was dangerous. I certainly do. So, uh, I don't know. Have a good day, Bob. All right. Yeah, thanks. I. I'm not sure why why they let things get to that point where it gets dangerous. Chris from Binghamton, good morning. Bob, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I can't complain. Nobody listens anyways, you know. Uh, so uh, I, I am going to complain, though. You know, I, I, I heard your ABC News brief this morning. and I didn't hear anything mentioned about the truth of the... The manipulation two weeks prior to an election, you know, I didn't hear anything on the ABC News brief of of the uh, false lies, the media literally downplaying a story, shutting down freedom of speech in this country via the Twitter, okay, and then ultimately 
suppressing speech, suppressing a true news story that's, I think, pretty important, you know, whether you're, whether you're, Soon to be elected president is in bed with China, in bed with you know the Ukrainians, uh, laundering millions and millions and millions of dollars. That, that was an allegation, but it's never been proven. Well, well, actually, uh, CBS said that there's entirely too much information for it to not be true. Well, I'm not saying it's not true. For all I know, it might be true. I'm saying it hasn't been proven. At least it hasn't been proven yet. Has, has, has it been talked about? It's been talked about a lot. And I'll tell you what, starting in January, it's going to be talked about a lot more. Trust me. This is going to be investigated. Don't kid yourself. Sir, sir, the the talk was supposed to be, you know, two weeks prior to an election when the uh, story came to light. But now we are... In turn, we are forced to deal with a president who is literally and truly compromised financially by the Chinese people. You know, the same, the same Chinese dissident you were just talking about, about a battery circumstance in our, in our polluted IndyCar. But hey, you know, batteries should just do good things for China, but not for New York State. Look, we had we, we virtually invented the computer here. What do we have left? But nothing but a polluted plume in, in, in IBM IndyCar. And now we're going to have a polluted plume of battery acid. It's amazing. Well, I don't think I don't think they're going to spill any acid. I think I think they're because of the history. I think they're bound to take precautions to not have another environmental disaster. But you see, the reason why I'm calling. Is because of the lies, the deception that uh, all of our, you know, so so-called news agencies were supposed to, you know, report, and literally today have not reported anything. As of NBC, CBS, ABC, they have reported zero seconds of the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop scenario that was thwarted and literally squelched before an election you know there's some pretty uh you know 51 intelligence agencies told me that uh oh it was russian disinformation huh pretty important people how could 51 of them be so wrong that is a is a statement in my world that is uh can't be uh Taken for granted, I guess. I should just look the other way. That 51 intelligence agencies told me, personnel, spies, legal spies in our country told me that Joe Biden was not working for the Chinese people. All right. Well, I mean, don't kid yourself. There will be investigations about this. And I'm sure if any criminality can be proven, that there will be justice. Geez, the only bad thing is, Bob, is we've gone through two election cycles. Hey, justice takes time. Some of the biggest cases in this area have taken many, many years to get through the courts. The, the legal process in this country, it may not be perfect, but it certainly takes long. But I did hear about Donald Trump yesterday telling him to throw, throw, the, uh, throw the Constitution out the window. I did hear that in your news brief this morning, but I didn't hear nothing about Joe Biden and his and his. You know. No, I mean, the, the thing about throwing out the Constitution, that, that was disturbing. Even you would have to admit. That's correct. 
That's what Twitter did. They literally threw out the Constitution. No, I'm saying what the former guy said over the weekend about the Constitution. That's my point, is that the former guy who wants to be considered a future guy is talking about throwing out parts of our cherished Constitution. You're, you're right, Bob. I'll have a lot more respect for you, Bob, when you, when you, when you take the Joe, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story and produce it. Like, I'm not... I don't produce stories about federal government and in international intrigue. I'm a local reporter. I have my plate full just covering what's going on here uh, in a, a four-block radius of the station. Come on, man. I used the wrong word. Maybe you should report on it. All right. Well, I will. As soon as I get evidence about any sort of uh, nefarious dealings involving hunter biden and when i say evidence i mean provable not just because somebody reports it prove it show me show me the money show me where hunter biden has violated united states law when that proof is forthcoming we'll report it Right here on News Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. We're here to report to the people. It's uh, 1020 coming up. We'll talk about the Bandera Christmas dinner. Right now, though, a moment about new vehicles. New vehicles, Hondas and Hyundais. Oh, my. And also used vehicles, too. Some late model vehicles. Something that will meet your requirements and the needs of you and or your family. Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal, 4455 Vestal Parkway East, directly across from Binghamton University. Miller Motors open tonight till 7. Their experts are there to serve you, the people, for your vehicle needs. So if you have a hankering for something new, as they say, a new Honda or a new Hyundai, consult with the Miller Auto Team. You can also check out their used inventory online at MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors, serving you for a long time on the Parkway in Vestal, and they'll be there for a long time to come. Miller Motors on the Parkway. You wash your Jumping on a trampoline, flipping in the air. I never land just float with me. As I'm looking up, suddenly the sky erupts. Flames and light the trees, spread to fallen leaves. Now they're Ten twenty four WNBF Bob Joseph live on your Monday morning Gary on Binghamton's West Side morning you're on the air Bob I have to tell you what I saw this weekend there was a uh, Tom from and I saw Tom from Enwell going to this phone booth a moment later this guy came out with black glasses on and it looked just like Dave from Vestal I don't know I mean. It was confusing, but I saw it. I just want to let you know that. But but anyway, the uh, let's talk about how we should get rid of the Constitution. 
Donald Trump on his website, not fake news, says that, well, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but he would uh, allow all of the uh, articles and things of the Constitution to favor him. And I, I just don't understand. Like, there was people that had called in earlier who I know are Trump supporters, and they haven't said, hey, let's get behind this. You know, if you support Donald Trump, then you should totally get behind this to get rid of the Constitution. If you support him, that's what you got to do. Maybe Donald Trump can write a new Constitution. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I don't think he could do that because he was going to do Obamacare and he was going to fix that. But four years, I don't think he did anything there. But what's up with this? To me, let's get rid of the Constitution. Yeah, to me, it's that's just. There, there's your red flag right there. You know, forget the red hats. That's a red flag. That's oh, that's all the warning you need. I I thought the former guy was potentially dangerous in the past. Now, based on his new comments, I guess I guess that's the smoking flag we need. With all that red smoke, look out. He's he's already made it clear about what he thinks of the Boy, Constitution the being suspended. Yes. Now, the weird thing is, in our Constitution, Gary, in our Constitution, you can't you can't impeach former presidents. But if you could, he'd be impeached a third time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got these people that love to call into your show and support Donald Trump. Well, please call in and support what he's saying about the Constitution. This isn't fake news, Bob. This is right on his website, True Social. So this isn't fake news. This isn't the media making it up. You know, let's support Donald Trump getting rid of the Constitution because he is the rightful president, isn't he? So he thinks. And that's why he's allowed to have those wacky dreams on his trampoline there at Mar-a-Lago as he holds um, delicious Big Mac in one hand and a shamrock shake in the other. I mean, come on, man, you don't. You don't call for suspension of the U.S. Constitution. Not even, not even our friends in China or North Korea or Russia would call for a suspension of our Constitution. It's unbelievable to me, but uh, you know, there's just people that love him, and no matter what he says or does, you know, they're going to support him. So please support him on this. Let's call in. You might get another phone call from somebody that already called in today. Support him. I, I want to see the support because how do you support somebody that wants to get rid of the Constitution in favor of him? Right. If you don't see that he's doing this for his own self, then you're kind of blind to reality. That's what I got, Bob. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's 1028. We live in troubling times. But don't worry. This is the place where every weekday morning from 9 to noon, you can hear voices of reason. At News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. You wash your Radio for real people at 1031 Bob Joseph live DJ 
in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. You know, from the uh, Boscov by the Court Street Bridge down to the crumbling Peterson's Tavern where the mural of Cassius Clay has fallen all to the ground and the city's not doing anything about it, I saw at least 30 uh, little dressed-up little Satans with, with the gallon jugs of milk, gallon, empty gallon jugs with red and green and blue liquid in it and vodka. So I did observe our future. And as far as the last caller, as Elaine, as Elaine on Seinfeld would say, fake, 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 fake. Don't believe the fake news is going to get rid of the Constitution. Come on, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. If that guy wants to be taken seriously, he needs to retract what he said. Actually, he's never going to be taken seriously. Come on, man. He said we should terminate all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, to overturn the 2020 election so he could unilaterally restore himself to power. As they say, and this is what they are saying, you cannot ask for a more textbook definition of an authoritarian coup. And many observers say if the Republicans won't say the former guy now is clearly unfit for power after that, why would anyone think they would resist him doing all he says? So if you have a person, after all he's been through, going to the trouble to talk about throwing out the Constitution of the United States of America, that means he's prepared to do just about anything, including things you can't even imagine. 1033 at WNBF, John in Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, Bob. You know, uh, I'm going to FOIL and see how many tickets for the violations of op- violation of open containers uh, were were issued. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, police officers and public officials take an oath. Uh, you you can't be a police officer and see criminal activity, violations of the law, and remain in your car. And it's going to be interesting to see the footage that is in the city's possession about all of this. Now, uh, there is a conflict of interest. And by the way, it was around this time of year when the alleged uh, barroom basement rape took place. Uh, You know, this is very, very troubling. And we have an adolescent mayor uh, who obviously approves of this. He's the director of public safety. We have a $5 million police intelligence uh, operation that is supposed to gather all the data. Uh, and uh, these people were uh, rioting. Uh, they were disorderly. They were in violation of the open container law. Uh, you've got to protect these people. Let's assume that these kids uh, don't have that much experience in drinking. Well, you, they, they deserve protection, too, if it is from themselves and the exploitation of the bar owners. Well, the other thing, John, and I think you sort of alluded to this, I was concerned because I, um, in my opinion, and obviously I had no right and no inclination to ask people for their IDs out on the street, but I saw people who were drinking alcohol from bottles, big bottles, by the way, and 
in my personal opinion, they were not even close to 21. Maybe some were 17 and 18, but many of them didn't appear to be of legal age. And I observed to someone, I said, well, you know, a lot of bad things can happen tonight, including things out here on the street with people potentially um, falling down drunk, maybe falling down or inadvertently stepping in front of a fast-moving car. Or maybe they'll get cut on broken glass that littered the uh, sidewalks and the streets of State Street and Court Street. Or even later tonight and going into Sunday morning, some other things can happen that we may never hear about. Hear about right. I was. I, I. I have to say, I. I felt badly for anyone who had um, a student who who might have been in Binghamton, Binghamton University, SUNY Broome. I'm also told that hundreds came from outside the uh, Triple Cities area to enjoy our SantaCon. So it was uh, a mix of, no doubt, uh, some local students, but also students from other SUNY sites because apparently word got around that this was this was the place to be in upstate New York. Well, uh, backing the blue is a two-way street. How can we back the blue if the blue can't keep order in downtown Binghamton? And by the way, uh, some of these officers are associated with private security at some of these various bar rooms. And this is a huge, huge problem. So, uh, you know, this is very, very troubling. It's gone on. Uh, nobody wants to do anything about it. And the university is involved because the university had some sort of meeting or operation where they talked about binge drinking in SantaCon. So, uh, you know, to ignore this is to ignore the health and safety. And, and you know, the, the, these co-eds uh, that, uh, you know, don't wear much of any, any clothes on the street, you know, uh, they can attract the wrong kind of person. You never know who's lurking around, uh, who's watching you, and who has violent intent. So uh, this is not a nice – they've turned the county seat into a crap hole is what they've done. Literally. Yeah. Literally. By the way, I see Binghamton University on their events calendar has a thing – Talking about uh, SantaCon tabling, health promotion and prevention services tabling event to help mitigate the effects of binge drinking while providing helpful resources to manage alcohol consumption. Sponsored by Health Prevention and or Health Promotion and Prevention Services, and it was scheduled to run on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Seems like it should have been a lot longer than three hours, and also at a private location, so people like me and you wouldn't be able to find where they're teaching the students how to properly binge drink during SantaCon. And and this is liability, 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 all the way around. You know, local governments go bankrupt because of liability. The city and the county are self-insured. Uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, as you as as we will find out in Uvalde, Texas, uh, you know uh, their financial toast. One more, just brief comment, and this would be directed to the public officials uh, that are uh, hypnotized by lithium. Uh, and I'm not leveling anything about IM3 at this point, but let me let me just say this, or IM3 New York, or whatever it's called. Magnus Energy, 
uh, was raided by the Australian Federal Police. It's a subject of press reports last year at this time for pumping and dumping uh, stock. And there are other allegations uh, that claim that uh, the uh, lithium battery plant in Australia is never, never going to open up. The CEO has been accused of Magnus, has been accused of uh, hanging around and being associated with criminals. These are not my, I'm not making it up. It's in the Australian press. Uh, so uh, when you have a company that's under investigation that owns 60% of this company, it's time for the public officials to print out these articles, go to the town meetings, and say what gives. Because you know, fairness, FTX, I mean, this is a, this is a speculative uh, venture. It's not Micron. I mean, there's no problem with Micron. Everybody knows whom, what Micron technology is, who they are. Uh, there's a big problem with this, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's, that's just on, uh, on point. But I want to see a public official, uh, IDA, whoever, uh, go and say, well, what, what, what do you know about all this? They're your investors. All right. See what happens. See what other callers have to say. It's 1040, the voices of the people. And as previously mentioned, I have calls in to Binghamton Mayor Jared Graham and to Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Zakoski to uh, discuss SantaCon 2022. And when they call in, we will put them right on the air. We'll handle their uh, calls. We'll give uh, top priority, of course, to Mayor Cram. And then uh, right after that, if um, or when the police chief, Joseph Zakowski, calls in, we'll handle their calls uh, in the order in which they're received. And also, if they uh, appear here at the station before 1145, we will uh, put them on the air here in the studio to talk about SantaCon 2022 and how it was handled by the city of Binghamton and police administration. It's 1041. Bob Joseph, 921 FM, 1290 AM, bringing you the information about our great city. It's Bob Joseph live on a Monday at News Radio WNBF. In the streets, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. It should be updated. Drinking in the streets, smashing bottles in the streets, puking in the streets. Ah, uh, yeah. Jeez. I mean, come on, man. What did they used to say? What did they used to say? They used to say, be better, be better. And what that means is... 
no more drinking in the streets. We have licensed establishments for your drinking convenience, and now it's out of control. Now it's out of control, just like Donald Trump. Now he's calling for an end to America's constitutional democracy. Donald Trump is out of control and a danger to our democracy. See? Donald Trump should have been here. If he's out of control on the Constitution, he could have come to the big event here in Binghamton on on Saturday to show what out of control was all all about. He's your out of control leader. Tom and Endwell, good morning. Good morning, Bob. I was trying to do some research on Trump saying uh, that he wants to do away with the Constitution. And what I mean by I want to hear him say it, um, everything that I looked up was liberal media, them saying that's what he said. I have a problem when... You know, people like you are putting out this kind of information. If you have a soundbite that's uncut, that has him saying, we need to remove the Constitution. I'm looking at it right now. It's on the screen on his platform. He has his Trump platform, and this is, I'll read exactly what he said. He posted it Saturday morning at 7.44. So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Donald J. Trump, real Donald Trump, on uh, his Trump platform, December 3rd, 2020, at 7.44 a.m. Okay, so let's say that he did say those exact words didn't the democratic party and the fbi wait a second not let's say he said those words he did say those words let's focus on those words he's talking about throwing out the constitution of the united states of america it's not yeah say he said it no he did say it and it has nothing to do with the Democrat Party or big tech companies. It has everything to do with Donald J. Trump, former guy and hopeful future guy, talking about throwing out the Constitution of this country. No, that's no. What he said is all the all the fraud that was taking place, hiding Hunter Biden's laptop hiding all the information about Joe Biden and the family ties with China. That was all done by the FBI and the Democratic Party. That's what he's talking about. So basically what he's saying is the Democratic Party, throughout all the rules to the Constitution to to do what they did and what they're continuing to do still to this day. Just like what, what they did to Kavanaugh. They, they said all this stuff about Kavanaugh. You jumped right on the microphone and put Kavanaugh down with zero proof. Let's look at the, the, the dossier for the Russian investigation. We know now. Don't bring that. I don't want that makes me sick. The whole topic there makes me sick. Don't talk about the dossier. Well, yeah. 
No, let's talk about the Constitution. The Constitution makes me proud. The dossier makes me sick. But that's what he's talking about. All the fraud that took place by the Democratic Party and the FBI. That's what he was talking about. It's the Democrats and the FBI that threw out the Constitution, committed all this fraud, using the media, high tech, to push their narrative. That's what happened. Be a journalist, Bob. I am. I've been a journalist for decades, and I'll continue as long as I please. I'll keep asking questions. I'll keep getting answers. I've asked more questions and gotten more answers in this town than almost anybody. And that's what I do. You just told one of the last callers that you don't say anything unless you got proof. I didn't say I don't say anything if I don't have proof. He was talking about something very specific about Hunter Biden's laptop and whether this criminality and whether I would talk about it. And when proof is presented in the court of law that Hunter Biden committed a crime, that's when I'll talk about it. That's when I'll talk about Hunter Biden, and if he has committed a crime, he needs to be held accountable. But you don't want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Would you? Who wants to talk about Hunter Biden? Come on, man. Bob and Vestal, you're on. You're a journalist. What a joke. Yeah, but who wants... Come on, man. Hunter Biden has had his share of problems. Let's... Let's not keep piling on the guy. He's trying to go on with his life, and he's seeking redemption. Give me a give me a minute, would you? Would you shut your mouth for once. Uh, have, did you go to journalist school? Hey, I'm not answering your questions. How are you a journalist? I am a journalist, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I've done more reporting in this town than almost anybody. And I think my track record speaks for itself. Now, if you don't like my opinions, that's one thing. Feel free to express your opinion. But as far as, oh, Hunter Biden did this and his laptop and the pictures, and it's like, hey, the guy has acknowledged he's had problems. He's trying to get his life back on track. If anybody proves any kind of criminality, and again, that means a conviction in the court of law, then I'm going to address that. I didn't say Hunter Biden has never committed a crime. To the best of my knowledge, he hasn't been convicted of any crime with respect to anything found on his laptop. Talk about running your mouth, man. You can't get a word in edgewise. Weren't you taught when you were a kid to shut up and keep your nose out of other people's business? If I was them cops and them politicians up in Binghamton, I would have a word with you. You know what I'm saying? Well, what word would that be? It'd be uh, let us do our job and quit butting in all the time and knocking them. I don't, I'm not much of a cop lover. When I was a kid, all they did was harass me. But the way you talk about these people who are out there risking their lives, oh, how come they won't talk to me? Maybe they don't like you. No, they do talk to me. But they can't talk to me in their official capacity because they would get fired. But there are several police officers 
in the triple cities who do talk with me, but they have to take precautions because they're under orders not to talk with any reporter, not just me. It's not the only uh, consolation that a journalist in this town might have about about uh, police officers not answering questions is it's not personal. It's just a, a directive from uh, both the police chief and and for from the mayor or whoever is in charge of of their community. So it's not a personal thing. It's a general policy where officers no longer are allowed, as they used to be, uh, to talk with with reporters. The information either has to come through the chief's office or somebody who's uh, specifically designated by the police chief. You were actually making sense earlier when I first turned it on. I was on my way to Walmart. And actually, you made some sense. You were not jumping right on the the Republicans, but now you're right back to that bashing. I'm so sick of that. By the way, let me clarify before we move on. I haven't criticized individual police officers. I am concerned about how things were handled on Saturday because of what appeared to be not a sufficient number of police officers assigned for the hundreds, if not thousands. I have no idea how many people showed up in downtown Binghamton throughout the day on Saturday. It could have been thousands. But I don't think enough police officers were were out on the streets. So I'm actually on their side. And I think most of the officers here in Binghamton realize, uh, and they'll tell me that probably later today, or if I see any tonight or later this week, they're probably going to tell me, Essentially the same. We didn't have enough officers out there to handle the crowds and to handle the situation that happened Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. So that's that's one thing I think needs to be clarified. I, I am actually on their side. If I was the mayor or the police chief, I would have assigned far more officers and had them out on on foot patrols on, on Court Street and State Street and Washington Street and Holly Street just to... Uh, protect them. I I actually thought because of the numbers of police officers I saw on Saturday, I didn't think it was safe for them. Isn't that sad? What a society. Yeah. I mean in in the now I understand how we don't agree on a lot of things, Bob and, and nothing. <laughs> except what I just said. I think I think if you saw what I saw at uh, 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and then later, Saturday evening, I think you would agree with what I just said. Who you... were those? Why were they there? Explain this to me. What was this, a parade or something? No, it's just a thing. It's become a tradition called SantaCon, and and hundreds, or maybe even thousands, there's no way to count, uh, during the day on Saturday and, and continuing into the night, how many... Binghamton University and SUNY Broome students and probably, sadly, probably some high school students, too, mixed in. I, I'm telling you, Bob, the, the truth is a lot of those I saw drinking from big liquor bottles, I mean, bottles too big for you and me, and who appeared to be under the age of 20, it wasn't... It wasn't a good situation. You had to feel. I never liked that college. I never liked that college being there in the first place. Even though a bunch of my friends worked up there and they retired from there and they got a nice pension, I never liked that. Every time anything bad happens, it was in Vestal. But if it was good, it was from Binghamton. They said, you know, the bias has been going on all them. I don't never cared for them SUNY New York City people anyway. I'm like Archie Bunker. I don't like anybody. Well, 
You like me. <laughs> if you straighten up and start covering these stories fair instead of knocking the Republicans on it, we got to get this country back in line here. Well, this I agree. I agree with that. We, I... we do. There's another thing where you and I agree. We got to get this country back in line. I mean, where we're headed now is not exactly the best direction. So, what I want for Binghamton and for New York State and for the country, I want us to get back moving forward, doing positive things for everybody. Yeah, but with that people in charge, you're not going to get that. They're trying to bring the country down. Don't you get it? This is terrible. Every time I go to Aldi to get something, it's a quarter more than it was two days before. Now, come on. I'm on a fixed income. I cannot afford this crap anymore, you know? It's crazy, and we got to get those Democrats out of there. Well, I don't think it's going to make a difference with Democrats yeah, or Republicans. I mean, hey, when right. Trump was in there, I wasn't paying all this money for stuff. I was like five bucks would get me a nice little bag of groceries. Now it's fifteen. You know, Joe is a oh god. You don't even get okay. I've vented enough. Later. All right. At ten fifty eight, Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF. When I. I kind of heard what Chuck Schumer said, but would you mind repeating that? Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump keeps sinking to new lows. That's what I thought he said. It's 11 o'clock. Bob Joseph live on WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Well, fairly nice day again for today. Clouds on the increase. Fairly mild temperatures for this time of year, a high in the low to mid-40s. Some rain moving back into the area possibly tonight. The teenage driver in a deadly Thanksgiving morning crash in Vestal is being charged with felony counts of manslaughter and criminal possession of a forged instrument, as well as three counts of reckless endangerment, driving while ability impaired, refusing to submit to a pre-screened device, reckless driving, speeding, operating out of class, and two counts of failure to wear a seatbelt. The unnamed 17-year-old driver's passenger, 18-year-old Caden Abdullah, was killed in the 1.15 a.m. crash on November 24th on Clayton Avenue. Vestal Police announced the arrest of the teenage driver late on Friday afternoon and provided no further information concerning the crash or investigation. People returning to work or shopping in downtown Binghamton early today may have been greeted with some remaining piles of trash and broken glass on roadways and sidewalks, evident of the SantaCon celebration on Saturday. Some witnesses said, quote, they trashed the place, referring to dozens of mainly college-age students who dressed in holiday garb while making rounds of Binghamton drinking establishments throughout the day and night. In spite of the mess, Binghamton police, who were seen watching the crowds this morning, said they were not aware of any arrests. There was no information about any medical calls related to the SantaCon activities. 
A Cortland County man is facing numerous felony counts following a raid on his home in the village of McGraw. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say 47-year-old Chester Burdick is charged with a total of five felony counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance and two misdemeanor counts of criminally using drug paraphernalia following the search of his West Main Street home on Thursday. Authorities say they found eight grams of cocaine, 46 bags of fentanyl, 68 sublingual strips, 19 bupithine pills and 40 amphetamine pills worth over $5,300 on the street, as well as drug packaging materials and cash believed to be proceeds from drug sales. The investigation is continuing and more charges are possible. The parents of a gunman who killed a Pennsylvania state trooper and permanently disabled another eight years ago in an ambush of a police barracks in Pike County have settled the lawsuit accusing them of partial responsibility. The shooting of the troopers prompted a manhunt for a suspect in the neighboring Wayne County and into eastern Susquehanna County with law enforcement on alert even to the southern tier of New York. Tiffany Dixon, the widow of Corporal, Corporal Byron Dixon the third, and Trooper Alex Douglas, had alleged that Eugene and Deborah Freen knew their son Eric was mentally unstable and dangerous before the September 14 attack outside the Blooming Grove State Police Barracks. The Freens had vehemently denied responsibility. The Citizen's Voice of Wilkesbury reports that Douglas's attorney declined to reveal details of the confidential settlement, but says his client is relieved that it is over. New York State is looking for a new leader for the Department of Health. Dr. Mary Bassett announced Friday she was returning to Harvard University's TM School of Public Health. Dr. Bassett took over from former Health Commissioner Dr. Howard Zucker, who resigned over criticism for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, especially concerning nursing homes. A couple local school districts are preparing for votes on spending proposals. Residents in the Susquehanna Valley School District tomorrow will be considering a $29.8 million capital project that looks to address health, safety, instructional, and energy maintenance issues at the district facilities. According to the SV School District, the project will be financed through a combination of New York State Education Building Aid, existing debt service, and capital reserves, and result in no tax increase for the district. The Vestal School District is asking voters to approve a $45.4 million capital project plan that also looks to improve health and safety and instructional facilities. The Vestal Capital Project vote is on December 14th. Congratulations to Maine Edwell and Tioga for winning their state championships this weekend, both district football teams capping perfect seasons. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, increasing clouds today, a high in the low to mid-40s. Tonight, a 50% chance of rain and snow showers, little or no accumulation, a low in the mid-30s. Tuesday, cloudy, a 70% chance of rain, a high in the upper 40s. Wednesday, a 60% chance of rain, high in the low 50s. Thursday, mostly cloudy and a high in the mid-40s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Joseph, live and in living color on WNBF. 607-772-1290 is the number to call.
your SantaCon experience. If you participated, by all means, call in. Call in and share the highlights of... The highlights of... SantaCon 2022 here in downtown Binghamton as we usher in the start of another important season of holiday intoxication. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Ah, he was shocked. He was shocked by the instant gratification. He, of course he was shocked by the instant gratification. Regarding SantaCon and the wild scene, the drunken... There's so many words that would apply. Uh, drunken and disgusting and disappointing. Uh, the scene Saturday here in downtown Binghamton really was not fit for family audiences. Hey, it wasn't even fit for student audiences, to be honest with you. Ron from Binghamton writes, uh, their eyes are closed regarding the SantaCon. And this, unfortunately, may be the truth, because here it is. We've been on the air now for over two hours, and not a peep. Radio silence from Mayor Cram and Police Chief Joseph Zakuski. Ron writes, their eyes are closed. The mayor and the police chief will not rein in the BU students because the city is beholden to the university. The university reigns supreme in Binghamton. The attitude of the university has let them eat cake. Ron, I think you may be right. You may be right, although we have 48 minutes live on the radio to... Prove Ron wrong. Is Ron right? Is he right that the mayor and the police chief in Binghamton will not comment on what we were subjected to on Saturday? Or will they, as people concerned about public safety in Binghamton, will they? Hmm. Will they actually come out and say what happened Saturday was not acceptable in Binghamton. Not necessarily say, we don't like holiday celebrations. I mean, that would be, politically, that would be foolish. If you had a mayor or police chief in Binghamton who came out against holiday celebrations, that would be, in my view, inappropriate. Because we all want to support holiday celebrations. Even I. I know you're saying, Bob, you don't support public celebration. I do. I do. Proper celebrations of the holidays, I'm all for. Count me in. But what happened on Saturday, I'm not for that. And I want Binghamton University students to enjoy their time here in the Binghamton area, whether it's downtown, enjoying some of our nightlife, or elsewhere in Broome County, in Vestal, for example, I could hang out with Bob in Vestal. That would be fun if they don't want to come down to State Street, but I want them to enjoy and celebrate what Binghamton and Vestal and Broome County have to offer, but I don't want them to celebrate irresponsibly. That's, that's where I think I draw a line. 11.14, let's go back to the phones. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, let's try again. 
<laughs> Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Joe from uh, Wego. Hey, Joe. What do you know? Well, last week you had a couple of very interesting callers. One of them indicated that football players who uh, incur $200,000 college expenses uh, deserve to have it. And and here I thought college football players were supposed to be paid. But who spends $200,000 on an education not having an idea of what's going to happen? It, it blew my mind. Uh, the other one, you showed some emotion to one of your callers. And that's nice to know that you, too, can get emotional. Uh, it's nice to hear. But the basic reason I called has to do with a call in to the uh, penny saver that indicated or seemed to indicate that the United States is concerned about uh, one year's worth of energy, which amounts to one out of 8,740 8, years worth of energy we receive from the sun in a year. And I wonder if it's if I'm misinterpreting the idea that we're spending a significant amount of time, energy, and money looking at a very, very, very small portion of the energy that we're concerned about. Good question. We'll see what the um, other listeners have to say about that. Because we, we're looking at lithium, and if you want an interesting... Um, idea or so forth, look up issues involving lithium batteries. And I think the, the mayor of uh, Endicott wrote something for Sunday's press about the positive effects of being a lithium battery capital of the world or something of that nature. There's just so much out there that the news media, and you referred to this last week, could really address if they took the time to do it, but there's no money in it, so apparently it's not going to happen. And I thank you for your time. Thank you, Joe. Always appreciate your calls. 1117 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, Joe of Greater Ithaca. Hey. Realizes what we need is a sanity clause, and everybody knows there's no sanity clause. The uh, Santa, the SantaCon, is this a, a new thing? Mm, it's been going on for quite a few years. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know when it started. Um, I just know we probably were lulled into a false sense of security in 2020 and 2021 because I think it was done on a, a lower key. I mean, certainly the first year of the pandemic, 2020. I don't think it actually happened at all. Last year, I think it happened, but I don't think. I don't think people are back to their um, usual antics. So this year, I mean, maybe part of it is is because people were sort of suppressed and they haven't been able to get totally drunk and totally trashed. And, and also at the same time being able to enjoy legal weed because there was a lot of legal weed being enjoyed along with hard liquor by people who appeared to be 18 or 19. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's all. I think it's a combination of factors. Well, there was a uh, traditional thing that went on 
and it was either in Cortland or Ithaca after the big game, and uh, that went on for years, and they had some 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 stuff going on. But one year, it really went, it really uh, really kicked in. I mean, they had uh, uh, drunkenness and the oh the, the people without the shirts, even the boys without the shirts, and they had uh, uh, somebody tipped over a car. It was all the traditional college things, okay. And then the following year, they they uh, cracked down. They came with a lot of police and control and all that, and then everything went smoothly. And then they attributed that. They said, see what we did. You know, we got it under control now. But that particular year where things were really bad, it was a warm day for the time of the year. It was well into the 70s, 75 plus. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Like if you have a cold, rainy day, you're not going to get the trouble you do well, for the warmer stuff. Another thing, though, is even though it was on the chilly side on Saturday, I think that contributed to it because, well, first of all, there was no rain or snow, so it was a nice, crisp Saturday, first Saturday in December, so there was no precipitation, was chilly, but despite it being as cold as it was, some people were unable to find sufficient clothing to keep all body parts covered but you know i mean prices now for clothing like everything else are a lot higher than they used to be so i i guess probably finding you know shirts that cover the entire body or uh, perhaps jeans or whatever that would leave less exposed skin it was probably too expensive because of uh inflation but well they they switch from uh, from beer to out to uh, hard liquor, you know. That's what I've cold. seen. I've but, seen but uh, there were so many bottles. I mean, vodka and gin and and I mean, I lost track. I mean, first and the other thing is, instead of when you empty a bottle, regardless of what it is, I mean, it could be um, could be soda or whatever. When you empty a bottle, put it into. A trash receptacle. Don't leave it out on the street where it's going to get smashed by other people or run over by cars. I mean, there were just bottles and stuff being run over and people smashing bottles. I I thought it was uh, the day after the Super Bowl. But the, the thing is, now that you've got that, then next year you can prepare for it. You know, for one thing, make your receptacles very visible and big and uh, more police, you know, all the, all the normal things. And I think it could get easily get control. control of I don't think they want like control. I, I think they want plausible deniability. The thing is, if, if um, the police and the mayor and the university do much about this, then what, what it means is then it, it proves that they're aware that there's a potentially hazardous situation, and I think that probably inc- increases their uh, liability. Well, no, I don't think so. I, I think what, what it is is if everything wasn't was okay other years, like that's why I asked like, how long it's been going on, and then you get a bad year, <clears throat> okay, well, should you have prepared for it when things were o- o- okay to begin with? And uh, as far as nobody talking about it right now from that end, I think they got to think about just what they're going to say and what they're going to do. Well, I'm sure they do. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. If if and when they release a statement, and this includes the mayor or the police chief or even 
the president of Binghamton University. Maybe they'll even issue a joint statement after all the attorneys, the city attorney and the SUNY attorneys, and even their personal attorneys have vetted the statement, and they'll come out with some sort of sanitized statement acknowledging that some people were concerned and acknowledging that the safety of students and the public is always our first priority. I could write the statement as well without them having to go to the expense of running this through multiple attorneys. Well, I would start out with saying, fortunately, no one drove a car through the crowd. No one knifed anybody. No one shot anybody. As far as we know. And we don't know that because the police don't release information about this stuff anyway. So I, all I can say is, to the best of my knowledge... Nobody was seriously hurt or killed or stabbed or shot. That's all I can say. I can't say that they weren't. I'm saying the police have released no information that anybody was arrested. Now, I know at least one person was assaulted because I saw the ambulance on Court Street, but I don't know the details of that. That information wasn't released by the police. So, And there were other ambulance calls as well, and the police and other uh, authorities have released no information, so we can draw our own conclusions about what really happened. Yeah, was this also, I wouldn't, you know, somebody was saying there, if SUNY wasn't there, or when you want to call it now, Binghamton University, et cetera, we'd be better off and everything. But as far as, as the, the damage or the bad compared to everything else, I think it's very small uh, with that. Also, I'm hearing there that they want to... Uh, uh, with SUNY Broom, you know, the, of combining it with that. And I don't well, know. if that happens, great. Yeah. If, if yeah. SUNY Broom and Binghamton University are combined, next year's SantaCon ought to be even better. Uh, now, I note, yeah. because uh, I this the issues with student celebrations that get out of hand and underage drinking, these aren't new issues. I mean, they've been with us for a long time. Back in 2006... I spoke with the SUNY chancellor on this radio station during a live interview, and we were talking about the troubles that sometimes had happened every spring, every May, with the bar crawl here in Binghamton. And the SUNY chancellor, John Ryan, infuriated Binghamton University students when he said on this program that he believed the bar crawl should be done away with. And following the interview, a SUNY spokeswoman issued a statement that, quote, traditions like the bar crawl in Binghamton are not healthy and do not reflect the kind of values that SUNY tries to install in its students. So that's the type of statement, the kind of provocative, thoughtful statement we can expect from Binghamton University and from the mayor's office and from the police chief's office if, and that's a big if, they choose to respond to the SantaCon mayhem, the debacle. If they choose to respond, it could go either way. I'm, I'm not convinced they're even going to say one word at all about this because... Yeah, I, well, the, the re, yeah, the response about, you know, we, we try to instill all this good stuff, et cetera, et cetera, like that, that's meaningless. That's, that's worse than and, nothing. Right, and that's, yeah, why, that, that, that's why yeah. I said a statement, even before I, I read that, a story from a few years ago um, after things got bad with SantaCon and, and Bar Crawl. That's why even the statement that I, I made up and just on the air, you know, our, the, the safety 
the safety and well-being of Binghamton University students and community members is always of paramount importance. Something like that. Again, it's not worth it's not worth the email that it's uh, transmitted on, but that's the type of statement that we're likely to get, if we get any statement at all. Well, the question that needs to be asked is, what will you do in preparation for it next year? What will you do? That's a good question. And when what is the plan? When the mayor and when the police chief and when the Binghamton University president march in here into this studio, that's one of the questions that must be asked. And I will. Because if I don't ask it, who will? This is Bob Joseph live on a Monday morning, eleven twenty seven. More calls coming up. If you enjoyed SantaCon as much as we did, call in now, six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. This is News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Eleven twenty nine. This is Bob Joseph, live on News Radio WNBF. Back to the phones with Pete, formerly a vessel. Good morning. Morning, Bob. How are you? Good. Sorry you had such a bad experience with that SantaCon on Saturday. Yeah, I've never been uh, more frightened of uh, any event in downtown Binghamton. Even, even the protests going yeah. back a couple years ago, where some of the people well, involved. In, well, yeah. not not. Not almost attacked, where where my yeah. well being was threatened. I was never, nobody actually touched me. But boy, yeah. they came, they, yeah. and no, they made it clear that, that, that yeah, they made it clear I should leave, and I did. Yeah. So here's my problem. I mean, I've got a lot of problems with the whole SantaCon thing, but people are going going to say, well, it was just a select few of students, so it shouldn't reflect upon the university. I disagree because if one cop does something bad, it's all cops are the B word. And everyone hates all cops because one cop does something bad, and they make it all cops. But if it's a couple of students, which is actually a whole ton of students, it reflects upon all the students. So the whole college is bad then, isn't it? Well, I, don't, I won't go and say the whole college is bad. I'm saying that no, I, what I would say is college. what I would say is is uh, some of the students who saw their uh, friends and classmates behaving poorly and in a dangerous situation they they should have intervened because pete Pete, you remember and sadly it hasn't been that long ago where uh, a student who was inebriated uh with parted with her friends and she ultimately was killed now that could have happened that could have happened on saturday night if if one one of the students got one yeah run over right one day run over on the parkway yes yes or about the one that fell off the balcony Yes. I mean, there are so many examples of... Or or the one that lost a leg because they got run over by the car on the bridge. Yes. All these things. I mean, uh, look back over the last decade, and sadly, there are many examples we can cite where students got into serious trouble. Some were injured and some died because alcohol was involved. And and Mm -hmm. until the university and this city, that means the mayor the police chief, and the university president, all three of them have to take this seriously. Well, they have to admit that they have a problem. 
That's I mean, right. That's the first step. The first step, if if there is a problem, first you have to acknowledge it, and then you can take steps to make things better. Yeah, exactly. And the, and these kids, they have no respect for themselves, let alone respect for others. So that's a, a bigger issue too. Is this the way they're raised? They don't respect themselves. They don't respect other people. They don't care for other people. They do what they want because they know nothing's going to happen to them. There's no consequences. Nobody has consequences anymore. Criminals don't. Nobody does. Students don't. Students do what they want. So they don't care. They'll come through the city and do what the hell they want and say, oh, my God, we got to take care of the students because they support, they support the whole city. They support the whole city. That's the way they're supporting the city? Are you serious? Really? It gives them – there's – we, we – I like students here in Binghamton, and I, I would not like the city to have no students, but what I want is for the students to start to show the same level of respect for our city as, as they would show in their home and in their neighborhood. They wouldn't behave this way in front of their parents at home, and they, no, wouldn't, exactly. be, they wouldn't be puking and defecating in, in their yard or their neighborhood at home, so don't do it here. Yeah. I mean, this should be publicized more and show the, the, the university. This is your students. This is what your university does. You know what we the, need? Pete, you know what students. we need? The New York Post, the New York Post and Fox News ought to do a feature about what happened Saturday in Binghamton. Because they well, could probably find photos and video and examples and, and tell the story. It should be on the front page of tomorrow's New York Post. Well, if I wasn't, I was down with COVID last week, but if I wasn't, I ha- I've got this brand new nice camera that I could shoot videos and pictures from a distance and they come out really good. It's a really nice camera. And I, if I wasn't down, I would have been down there taking videos and pictures of all this and we could have publicized it. But sorry, I wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, I'm but looking back. Seen it, I, I've seen it before. I've looked at past years. I've driven through there and it's just disgusting looking at them. Yeah. You know, the way they are. Well, it's and I know, you know, some, some will be. Shrug it off. Well, kids will be kids. And look, nobody got seriously hurt or nobody got killed. Again, that's as far as we know, because I can tell you, I can tell you, even if somebody got killed, the mayor isn't going to announce it. The police chief won't announce it. We know the policy in this city is is about the same as the policy at the Binghamton School District. Never acknowledge anything till somebody actually knows about it and starts asking questions. Well, we know about it because we heard the scanner going, and how many med calls that we heard them call, being called to, how many stupid med calls, and how many how many police calls they called to because someone was being drunk and stupid somewhere, fighting with the clerk at a business or other things. Yeah, there was tons and and, and, and tons. think about this. So while while the ambulance crews, whether Superior or the Binghamton Fire Department or Broom Volunteers or Harper's Ferry, while they're tied up helping students who have consume too much alcohol people suffered yeah yes and then people who are having heart attacks or uh, displaying stroke symptoms where every second counts those units can't get to those more serious calls people could have died as a result of yeah. these antics and we'll never know if someone did exactly we'll exactly and you know i'm proud of this city but i i would be far more proud if the leaders of this city would see that this is a serious problem and then take steps to address it. I'm not saying that the behavior that happened Saturday, morning, afternoon, and night, I'm not saying 
it's their fault. I'm saying it's a warning sign that if steps aren't taken now to prepare for the bar crawl in May and the next SantaCon a year from now, that something bad will happen. Not might. Something bad will happen. We don't know which event, but it's bound to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. It's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. We, we, it's happened in the past, yeah. and they've done nothing about it now. Yeah, and they they shrug oh. it off. They go. They yeah. put out. I I swear. I swear to you, Pete. If I had a Bible, I would swear on a Bible here in the studio. They must have some sort of form for news releases that they put out. You know, it must be. You know, the New York Conference of Mayors and the um, United States. Association of University Presidents. They must have like forms that are there, and you just fill in, you know, the date and the time and the name of the person who died to, to give the illusion that you're on top of it when in fact all you did was input the information and then you hit, hit send and say, all right, taken care of. Now we can go back yeah. to have cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing they'll say is, well, it didn't happen on campus, but we had no. And that's what they love about it. Heck, yeah. heck! They, cool. If if this sort of behavior happened on the Vestal campus, or if it happened over in the Health Sciences campus in Johnson City, if they were behaving like this on Corliss Avenue in Johnson City, university police would have none of it. Yeah, they oh, yeah. they would shut it down so fast it'd make your head spin. Yeah, no, it's disgusting. All right, the campus is disgusting. The university is disgusting for not doing anything about it. Thank you. Again, I'm just here to save lives. You know, I, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's drunken parade. I just want to save lives. I don't want to have to report a story about a young student who was badly injured who, or who died during their time in Binghamton and have to see their parents or their brothers and sisters on News 4 New York or PIX11, or CBS2, and see them with tears running down their faces because they lost a student who came to Binghamton for a higher education. It's happened too many times. I've talked with some of these parents. It's just not acceptable. 1138, this is Bob Joseph on your side. Good morning. Uh, You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's John from Binghamton. Hello. How are you? I'm well. The answer to your dilemma is the reason that you're not hearing from people uh, where you want to hear from them, like the mayor and the police, is a policy, uh, sort of an extreme left-wing policy called defund the police and um they just don't have enough people and we need to probably refund them so um i think that's why you're not hearing anything well i i agree i know that the binghamton police are not up to their prescribed level i mean I don't agree with the defund the police policy as being responsible. Uh, The level of police we have now in Binghamton, the sworn officers, has nothing to do with defund the police. has a lot to do with police officers who've quit over the last few years. Defund the police is not a policy in Binghamton. The Binghamton police 
are in a position to hire more officers. They've had trouble recruiting qualified people who go through the academy and do the necessary to become part of the Binghamton police. It has nothing to do with the funding that the city provides. It has everything to do with enough people not wanting to join the Binghamton Police Department right now. So it has that's not the issue for drunken weekend festivities in Binghamton. I, I say that it also has everything to do with attitude. For instance, why would they call a talk show host that can't even talk and name the people that he's talking about when he refers to people uh, without using their name? When you don't even know who he's talking about. When you talk about someone... I do use their name. Come on, man. No, you have never used the name Donald Trump. You say the former person. Calls over. When you say I have never used the name Donald Trump, sorry, you're out of here, buddy. That's a lie. I have never used the name Donald Trump. Ask Bob from Vestal if I've ever used the name Donald Trump. Come on, man. Don't lie to my face on this program. You know, I don't usually call someone a liar, but he said on the radio that I never say the name Donald Trump. Any listener will agree. That is pure prevarication. Unacceptable. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Ray? Yeah, from uh, where? Binghamton? Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, good. Ray, where are you calling from? Oh. Hello? Hi. Have you been drinking? Hi. No. Okay. Uh, Ray, where are you calling from? Me, I'm calling from Binghamton. All right, what's on your mind? You're on the air. I'm on the air. I'm on the air with Bob Joseph. This is Bob Joseph speaking. You're speaking with Bob right now. Oh, oh Bob, sorry. Let me turn down the volume. Okay, yeah, good morning. Speaking. Sorry good sorry morning, to catch man. you by surprise there. No, no problem, man. I'm calling about the garbage on the street this morning. I got to tell you, it's out of control downtown. What are these people in City Hall thinking? It's well, you know, it, I'll say that one difference is when uh, Rich David was mayor, he walked because he lived downtown, so he would have seen if Rich David had had to go into the office today, if he was still mayor, he would have gone from his residence downtown and seen exactly what you saw and what I saw. I got it. I mean, the city has on every year. Where was the planning? What are all these guys in City Hall actually doing to get prepared for these events? I mean, they happen every year, and every year when they happen, it seems as though the city is caught off guard. I mean, where is Jared? And, I mean, the fact that Jared lives on the west side of Binghamton. Binghamton is a small town. What is he doing? That's a good question, and I would ask him if he called in. I I left a message with his office. Um Let's see, what time did I leave the message at his office? Because I came in early specifically so I could leave messages. I left a message with the mayor's office at 822, so that was more than three hours ago. And then uh, I left a message with the police chief's office about 856, 
So that was almost three hours ago. So I haven't heard from either of them. So I, I expected by now that we would both hear, or we would hear from um, Mayor Cram and also from the police chief. I even thought because they're so close and they might want to see the condition of the city streets that they would have walked over here from their offices at City Hall. So I'll jump into another thing. What is the planning department doing? I mean, I think they have six or seven people working in a planning department. They're all focusing on a sign about it at the train station. That's what I I was going to say. They're more concerned about Mark Yanati putting up a beautiful sign that everybody on the Commission on Architecture and Urban Design said was very nice or lovely. They're concerned about hauling the developer who wants to open a nice restaurant at the Lackawanna train station. They want to haul his butt in the court, whereas they don't want to do a darn thing about a problem that could result in people being... Killed. I mean, I would love to see those people who work in those offices downtown cleaning up. I mean, they could leave City Hall for lunch today and go around and clean up and pick up garbage. Is that beneath someone like Sean McGee or Greg Buell? Is it that beneath them to go out and actually pick up garbage on their own to make the city streets look a little bit more beautiful? I would like to see that. I would even like to see the city planning director. How come she can't come out and help clean up the mess? She'd rather walk right by it into the bureaucracy of City Hall. In the safety of City Hall. They're safe there. At the the city offices, the mayor's office and the planning department offices and public works, all those offices, they have armed guards. You can't even get in there without being searched. They're safe. They're above the fray. People like you and me, we have to walk through the mess after one of these big events. They don't care about you and me. It's as though we're living in a third-world country, which is crazy because Binghamton has so much potential. I know. And let's face it, this sort of behavior would not be tolerated in Iran or North Korea or Russia. There, they have standards about public decorum and how people behave in a crowd, even if they're celebrating the holidays. This is Bob Joseph. More calls coming up. The number is 607-772-1290. The email address is bob at wnbf.com. For 50. SantaCon 2022, celebrating the holidays in the Parlor City. Vinny from Binghamton, you're on the air. This is Sharon. Oh, I'm sorry. Sharon from Binghamton, you're on the air. Vinny is next. (laughs) Okay. I heard mentioned earlier about disrespect of the students. Uh, down in Binghamton and surrounding areas. Now, for years, I worked on the campus in the dorms with the students. A lot of them, not all of them, disrespect even where they live. And uh, the drinking and liquor bottles even there are so out of control. It's not even funny. 
So it's a situation everywhere. Well, I understand. By the way, I was young once. I remember, believe me, I remember some of my antics at that age, but I never engaged in antics at this level that I saw Saturday in Binghamton. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not waving my finger and, you know, saying, oh, nobody should ever, you know, get out of hand a little bit. I'm saying sometimes you need corrective action from the authorities to make sure that you don't get out of hand too much and get yourself hurt or other people hurt. Well, that's true, too. I was referring also to the vomiting and you know, just the destruction also that happens. It doesn't happen just around town. Oh, I know. I it's know. on the campus, too. No, so. and I, I feel badly, I, whether it's the people on, on campus, this campus or any campus, who have to clean up after these mayhem makers. You know, it's. I mean, they they know better. As as I said, if if it, they wouldn't do this at their home, and they wouldn't do no. it in their neighborhood, so why do it? In you know our campus, our campus I think is is very nice, and there there's no well, reason for that level of disrespect. It's hard to hold them responsible, also. So I agree. I I'm not. By the way, I'm I. For all I've said this morning, I'm not saying fixing this is easy. I'm saying everybody should be on board. That includes Harvey Stanger, Jared Cram, Joseph Sikoski, and everyone else to try to make it better. Not perfect, I know. The next time that they have a big event, whether it's the the bar crawl or SantaCon or something else, yes, there will be some elements where people do behave badly, but we can't tolerate it at this level. We need to take decisive action, in my opinion, to keep everyone safe. And that's the students. That's the business owners. It's also innocent people. There are a lot of people trying to go to other events downtown, including holiday parties and the hockey game. And they and their families should never have been subjected to this. They shouldn't have had to see it. Who hosts the Santa Con? And that's the problem. Nobody actually does. And that's that's why nobody, because it's not sponsored by anyone in particular, it's just become a thing. And that way, since nobody actually legally hosts it, that means they think they can't be held responsible. I personally think that they're, they're on thin ice. That's the city and the university and bar owners. They're on thin ice if they think that if somebody gets killed at one of these drunken Events that they can't be held accountable because there are some very good attorneys in Binghamton and in New York City who will prove differently. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Okay, I thought the person, whoever hosted, yeah, no. should hire security. Yeah, if and if that was the case, if there really was a sponsor, that person should, but they're too clever for that. You know, this gives them what I call plausible deniability. Thank you, Sharon. Vinny from Binghamton, good morning. Yes, good morning, Bob. Hey, I, I, I agree. I agree. That's, that's how you do it. Uh, you know, Harvey Stanger, the mayor, um, a lot of the bar, all the bar owners, you, you know, get with your bartenders. You cut them off, okay? I mean, and sometimes it's hard when the place is packed, but you cut them off. 
Everybody's got to work because this is turned into nothing but the drunk fest. Okay, this is the drunken fest. They're all puking. You got a lot of freshmen. I mean, there's a lot of people down there, but you've got to start control because yeah, it, it will. Pretty soon, somebody's going to be jumping off a roof, and then you're going to have a. I mean, we, we've had a, a case yeah. before where somebody yeah. jumped from a parking garage on State Street to their death. So, yeah. and we've had we've had people. Somebody was killed in a parking garage yeah. here on State Street. That didn't, as far as I know, have anything to do with a SantaCon or bar crawl. But still, bad things happen downtown, and they always yeah. will. By the way, I mean that's true. Right. You know, anytime you get a lot of people from different backgrounds and people, some drinking, some using drugs, some not drinking and not using drugs. You, you bring in lots of people, a lot of things can happen, including a lot of tragic things. And I don't want mm-hmm. to cover a tragedy yeah. during this holiday season. Right. And so, yeah, I think that the, the college, uh, they, they can do some stuff. They can. Come on out. Hey, guys, I know what's coming up next month and blah, blah, blah. And you know, act responsible. Because let's face it, we've got grown-ups that aren't drunk that act like fools. So what do you think young kids with liquor are going to act like? Okay, it, it, there's, there's nothing to it. I mean, this is, I know. This is what's going to happen. I know. Got to cut you loose. Hey, thank you very much. Even though people were... This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Shooting attack. The sheriff says the attack appears to be targeted. They're looking into whether the sabotage is connected to a drag show in the area. Earlier Saturday, a crowd gathered outside a theater to protest a drag show that night. The theater lost power 40 minutes into the show. The audience using their phones to light the room. Since the shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs last month, authorities say hate speech targeting LGBTQ people has increased online. ABC's Rhiannon Alley. California lawmakers returning to work today for a special session on gas prices while swearing in new members and electing new leaders for 2023. This is ABC News. Attention, if you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Set to get underway today, the trial of a former Fort Worth police officer. Aaron Dean had been in a Fort Worth police uniform for about a year when he was sent to investigate an open door one night in October 2019. A Tatiana